Listener-supported KFUO, we are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment in Scripture. And with me today, I have Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. Good afternoon, Matt. Hi, Gary. Great to be here with you. Now, this week we read Deuteronomy 33 through Joshua 7, and we read about the death of Moses, and then Joshua was installed as the leader, and we read about the crossing of the Jordan. Yeah, some action-packed things this week, Gary. Uh, After reading through uh, (laughs) the Leviticus and the laws and all those things, uh, the ceremonial and civil laws, finally we're we're where the action is. Uh, And like you said, Uh, One thing I want to highlight is the death of Moses that you had brought up. Uh, The death of Moses is sort of unique. He goes to the top of Mount Nebo, and the Lord allows him to look over the promised land. And we remember that God had already told him, no, can't go into the promised land. Uh, You disobeyed my word. You struck the rock when I told you to just speak to it. And you hit not just once, but twice. But uh, because of that, he's able to just see the promised land. But then there's this beautiful description, at least I think it's beautiful, where it talks about Moses being 120 years old when he died. It says his eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. Uh, and the people of Moses wept for, uh, the people of Israel wept for Moses for 30 days. Uh, so how God just preserved Moses and strengthened his servants so that he could fulfill the vocation that God had given to him as the leader of Israel. And then too, just this beautiful detail too that Uh, The Lord himself seems to be the one who buries Moses. I think that's interesting. Uh, That God, in some way, we don't get the details here. It's just one verse, but he seems to be the one who even buries Moses there uh, on the outskirts of the promised land. So this really neat, that relationship that Moses had with the Lord. Uh, You know, just that close relationship as, as God's guy for the job to get them to the promised land. And then I think, too, it's it's kind of like you said, a time of transition. So we're transitioning from Moses to Joshua. We're transitioning from really kind of this oral transmission of all this to now a written transmission of all this. Uh, It's it's a different time for Israel as they go into the promised land. And then they cross the Jordan, like you said, and then they send spies into the land. And uh, they had done this about 40 years earlier. They're doing it again. And this time, these spies uh, come and they uh, find some refuge in the house of a woman by the name of Rahab, kind of an infamous character. I think the King James called her Rahab the harlot. <laughs> but uh, in the ESV, it calls her a prostitute, and that's, that's what she was. And yet she protects these individuals uh, as they're spying out the land. And she even talks about, I think this is interesting, she talks about how there's even fear in the land Uh, in part because they've heard what the Lord has done, how he's parted the Red Sea, how he's given them victory already. And we keep in mind that Red Sea parting was, you know, nearly 40 years ago. And yet the people still remember that. The word had spread that the Lord was with the people of Israel. And so Rahab recognizes that. And so she shelters these spies. She uh, allows them safety. She lets them out her out her uh, apartment, her house window, which is built into the wall of Jericho. They go down through a, by this cord that she throws out. And then she says, promise me something. When the Lord gives you this city, uh, let my family and I be spared. And they said, okay, as long as you hang this scarlet cord, this red cord in, out your window, 
your family will be spared when the time comes. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, we read then in, in chapter 6 about how they march around Jericho for six days. Uh, they blow horns, but they're silent. They don't talk. The people don't talk. And then on the seventh day, they march around the city seven times. They blow the horns, they shout, and the walls come tumbling down. And, and what I love about that account is it's just you, you can't doubt that it was the Lord behind this. Because there's no way walking around a city for six days and then on the seventh day, walking around it and blowing some horns is going to make the great walls of a city fall down. That's they not just how collapsed. it works. Yeah, they just <laughs> collapsed. Yeah, exactly. And, and we got to say, God's behind this, right? It's yeah. not the music. It's not the shouting. It's not Joshua. It's the Lord. Everyone in, in Jericho is destroyed. Uh, the Lord gives them the city. And he even there's even a curse on the city that no one should rebuild Jericho. The walls are going to stay tumbled down. Um, the only family that's saved is Rahab's family. That's it. Only fan, only Rahab lives uh, and those who are with her, uh, which is pretty remarkable. So I, I think some cool connections, Gary, too. You know, this uh, uh, red cord, this scarlet blood red cord is the sign that her family's safe. Kind of a cool connection, too, I think, to the Passover blood that was <laughs> spread over the doorposts. And that saved those individuals inside who, by faith, believe the word of God, and put it on their doorposts. Now, by faith, Rahab believed God's word that her family would be spared if she did that, and they were. And I think both those things, the blood and this, this red cord, can even point us back to, to Jesus Christ. A point ahead for Rahab, a point back for us to his blood shed on the cross. Uh, that through faith in his blood shed, in God's promise connected to it, uh, we're saved. Uh, we're saved from destruction. Uh, we're given that gift of, of life everlasting. So a, a kind of a cool foreshadowing maybe there too with Rahab and her uh, red cord that, that brings her salvation. Just one last thing, Gary. Um, speaking of Rahab, the, the prostitute, um, she shows up again uh, in the New Testament. One of the places is in Jesus' genealogy. So this Rahab uh, the most unlikely of individuals, maybe, becomes an ancestor of Jesus himself. So God works through Rahab, who is a prostitute, who is a non-Israelite, a Gentile, who was a resident of Jericho, to bring his son into the world. God works through ordinary people, unexpected people, sinful people, to bring about his will and to bring about the, the salvation of the whole world through Jesus Christ. And at uh, that time, wasn't it worse than being a prostitute with the fact that she wasn't Jewish? Yeah, so she's it's kind of a double whammy, right, Gary? Yeah. <laughs> so, so she's outside of this kind of covenant people of God, the chosen people of God. She's an outsider. She's a, a stranger, uh, an alien, a Gentile, one of the, the nations. Uh, so she's an outsider in that respect. Uh, and then even more so as a prostitute, someone who, according to the, the civil laws of Israel, would have been killed, right, put to death. Mm -hmm. And yet God spares her intentionally and does great things through her. So, yeah, you're right, Gary. This is like the, the most unexpected of the most unexpected. Uh, that's who God works through to bring his son into the world. That's how God does it a lot of times. If someone was going to make a story up, the story would be clean all the way along the genealogy of Christ. They wouldn't have these kind of people if they were making up a story. And I think there's this further evidence that the, the God's word is true. The Bible's right. true, right? And yeah, so we read Jesus' genealogy, and it mentions women, which is kind of remarkable for that time. Mm -hmm. And then some of the women that it mentions, 
you know, Rahab and Bathsheba and Tamar. We haven't gotten to Tamar. Well, we haven't gotten to Bathsheba at least yet, but um, they are kind of questionable. And then their relationships were questionable that brought these children into the world. And yet God still works through them to do wonderful things. And and you're right. If this was a fairy tale made up, um, it probably would have been, yeah, a lot cleaner. And people would have been pretty respectable that, that uh, would have been mentioned. But no, this is messy. It's It's sinners. It's mm-hmm. people like like me, <laughs> right? right? And people in my congregation today too, um, people in our world today. That's who God works through, and I, I think that's just again so cool. It's always seems to be the the unexpected, uh, the guy like Moses that you never would have expected, a murderer, uh, someone who would you know run away from Egypt essentially, and yet God uses him to deliver his people to go back to Egypt. And again and again and again, we see that. And, and Rahab's a prime example here in these chapters in Joshua. Right. Would you like to lead us in a prayer? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Gary. Uh, Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you that you work through uh, sinners like Rahab. You saved her. You redeemed her from destruction, uh, not just in the, the fall of Jericho's walls, but uh, destruction and, and, and death apart from faith. Uh, Lord, thank you for... Uh, making her a part of your family. Thank you for making us a part of your family through faith in Rahab's uh, greater son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, Work through us, imperfect as we are, uh, to do your will uh, here in your world. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. What's our reading for next week? Yeah, glad you asked, Gary. So next week, uh, we invite our readers to read along. We're going to read through Joshua chapters 8 through 19. And again, if you stick with us uh, in the course of two years, you're going to get through the whole Bible. So uh, just join us where we're at, Joshua chapters 8 through 19. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Gary. Great talking with you. Yeah, have a great day. We are the Messenger of Good News. We are worldwide at KFUO.org. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, wherever you get your podcast.